is apologizing enough? Do you want me to answer that? Or, I mean, you, you're always telling me not to solve the tension. We're supposed to keep people <laughs> hanging here. That's right. So, we, well, But I think we will have it solved in the text. As we will, yeah. Yesterday we saw that God calls us to apologize quickly and often. As much as we sin, which should be all the time. Today we see that God takes that a step further and says, yeah. ah, there's, sometimes there's more that you can do than apologize, which is tough because some of us really struggle to apologize. And God's like, I'm going to call you to more, though, sometimes, too. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And we'll jump in here to Leviticus chapter 6. Isn't this such a fun book? Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, we're in Leviticus. <laughs> but honestly, the, the great thing about this book is that it, it serves as the foundation for what Jesus came for. That's right. That we, we can't fulfill the demands of the law, but Jesus came and fulfilled them. And he was the ultimate sacrifice for all of our yeah. sin. And he studied this book. He did. And if we're going to read this and if it's suffering, hey, then we're suffering for Jesus by reading what Jesus studied. Yeah. So bring oh, it my. How suff- how, yeah. What a yeah. terrible suffering. Not Sitting really in my suffering. living room right. and, uh, <laughs> with a heat on when it's yeah. 30 outside. And and, yeah. <laughs> Why don't right. you go ahead and get started? First one. Gene? Yeah, we got a, a longer chapter today. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Suppose one of you sins against your associate and is unfaithful to the Lord. Suppose you cheat in a deal involving a security deposit, or you steal or commit fraud, or you find lost property and lie about it, or you lie while swearing to tell the truth, or you commit and lie about it, or you lie, or, sorry, and you commit any other such sin, it, verse four, if you have sinned in any of these ways, you are guilty. You must give back whatever you stole or the money you took by extortion or the security deposit or the lost property you found or anything you obtained by swearing falsely. You must make restitution by paying the full price plus an additional 20% to the person mm. you have harmed. On the same day, you must present a guilt offering. Yeah, so it's more than just apologizing. No, if you can make things right, you need to make things right. And I find it interesting, say 20% beyond, because first of all, the inconvenience that you caused them that they they deserve, they should have more. But the other part of it is, is that extra penalty on you is a good reminder. That's right, to not do it again. So it's not enough just to say, oh man, I'm I'm sorry, I I did this. But whatever you can make restitution, you've got to. Verse 6, is a guilt offering to the Lord you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, for you may buy one of equal value. To this process, the priest will purify you before the Lord, making you right with him, and you'll be forgiven for any of these sins you have committed. Then the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire of the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning, it actually been... To keep a fire burning all night. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's a lot. I have a mm-hmm. wood-burning stove at my house right now that yeah. I'm in love with. Oh, my goodness. The other day, I had my house up to like 75 degrees. It was <laughs> negative outside. I just love that thing. But after like about an hour or two, I got to feed it. That's yeah. that's waking. I mean, this is God asking the priest, I want you up all night feeding that fire. Right. In the morning, after the priest on duty has put on his official linen clothing and linen undergarments, He must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat and the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all wow, times. Wow, that's really it emphasized. Must never go out. Why? Why do you think he keeps repeating that? I wonder if it. I wonder if it uh, deals with the menorah because the, the same way with the menorah, right? The menorah all, in the temple always had to keep. Yeah, and lit. remember what this is all about. What What does this uh, point towards? This is This is an offering. 
And it's, uh, I, I think it has to do with perp- perpetuity, that it's perpetual, that not only is God's forgiveness for us perpetual, but maintaining our relationship with him. When when we enter into that relationship with him, it's an eternal relationship. It, it goes beyond this life into eternity, and it's also something that he wants us caring for continually. Interesting. I thought you were going to say it's perpetual in that we're, we're sinning all the time, so there's this always this perpetual of I need to ask for forgiveness all the time too. Yeah, but I I do think that that certainly is a truth. You know, that statement is true. Yeah. But I think a big part of this is that this is just the reminder of the maintenance that's necessary. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. You want to take it to verse 14? Sure. These are the instructions regarding the grain offering. Aaron's sons must present this offering to the Lord in front of the altar. The priest on duty will take from the grain offering a handful of the choice flour moistened with olive oil together with all the frankincense. He will burn this representative portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron and his sons may eat of the rest of the flour, but it must be baked without yeast and eaten in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. So this was part of their subsistence as well as the picture that the sacrifice was making. Remember, it must never be prepared with yeast because yeast represents sin. Yep. I have given it to the priests as their share of the special gifts presented to me. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any of Aaron's male descendants may eat from the special gifts presented to the Lord. This is of their permanent right from generation to generation. Anyone or anything that touches these offerings will become holy. Then the Lord said to Moses, On the day Aaron and his sons are anointed, they must present to the Lord the standard grain offering of two quarts of choice flour, half to be offered in the morning and half to be offered in the evening. It must be carefully mixed with olive oil and cooked on a griddle. Then slice this grain offering and present it as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In each generation, the high priest who succeeds Aaron must prepare this same offering. It belongs to the Lord and must be burned up completely. This is a permanent law. All such grain offerings of a priest must be burned up entirely. None of it may be eaten. So, you know, different types of offerings that some of it was for Aaron and his offspring to be able to partake of, and that was part of their pay. And some of it, though, was to be completely devoured and not to be um, taken in. What sticks out to me is there's a lot of work in this. Oh, yeah. A lot of work. And sometimes as Christians, we kind of... We get a little bothered when it's like we got to get to church on the weekends yeah. <laughs> or open our Bible for a half hour. But this is this is real work. Right. Well, and that's why the Levites were doing this. And you think about the 12 tribes of Israel. This is and, and the Levites were a larger tribe as well. So you're probably talking about 10 percent of the population of Israel was maintaining this whole worship and yeah. sacrifice system. Then the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as an offering for sin is most holy offering, and it must be slaughtered in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest who offers the sacrifice as a sin offering must eat his portion in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Anyone or anything that touches the sacrificial meat will be holy. If any of the sacrificial blood spatters on a person's clothing, the soiled garment must be washed in a sacred place. If a clay pot is used to boil the sacrificial meat, it must then be broken. If a bronze pot is used, it must be scoured and thoroughly rinsed with water. You know, I, I see that the, the clay pot must be broken. And Junior, remember we went through, uh, well, it was a synagogue. It wasn't a tabernacle or a temple, but yeah. I, and I, it probably has nothing to do with this. But remember that synagogue that we saw on in Gadara? Yeah. On Gadara. And it was the largest synagogue that they have found from the yeah. first century so far. And well, it's not still open to the public it, yet. Right. Yeah, they were still working on it. Yeah. And all of the pottery that we yeah, found there. I have some pottery on my desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Just, 
just tons of potsherd there. And it makes me wonder if there was some kind of a symbolic breaking of the pot oh, yeah. in the synagogue in the way that it was they like the piles of it. Yeah. yeah. Any male from a priest's family may eat from this offering. It is most holy. But the offering for sin may not be eaten if its blood was brought into the tabernacle as an offering for purification in the holy place. It must be completely burned with fire. Hmm. All right, we're going to have more of this uh, Levitical law that, um, as exciting as it may not seem, right. the principles that are behind this and that point to Jesus are really critical. They are. Let's get over to our Psalms because, uh, again, we're reading Psalms every day this week as well, Psalm 55 and Psalm 56. I encourage you to look at both of those. A little bit longer reading today, I think, in the Psalms than what you had yesterday. But let me just go to verse 22. It's such an encouraging, and this, maybe there's some here right now that this is exactly what you need to do. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Hmm. Oh, that's good. And he, God's never up in heaven thinking, yeah, I tricked them. They're going to mess up here. Yeah. No, just give your burdens to him and he's going to watch out for you and he's going to keep you from slipping. That's right. And uh, that, that can provide so much comfort and security. Yeah, absolutely. To us today. All right. Well, today is actually National Martyrs Day, International oh, Martyrs Internet. Day. Well, yeah. Because most started martyrs out, are international. Yeah. Well, it started out in India, I think, to commemorate um, Gandhi. Okay. <clears throat> but. I think as Christians, it is really helpful. Was Gandhi a martyr? Yeah, he was assassinated. Oh. Yeah. But I think it is helpful for us as Christians to think back to the the thousands of believers who gave their life. Just this last the year. Church. Even just this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love what, uh, I can't remember which church father had said it, but but he had said so often the the blood of the martyrs have, have been yeah. on the seat of the church yeah. that we're... Um, I think it was churches grows. Yeah, yeah, it was tutorial. That's right. Um, the church just grows through it, and uh, we are not. And, and sometimes as Christians, I think sometimes we can maybe feel a little bit guilty that you know there are believers who are really suffering, like truly not mm-hmm. having to read Leviticus, but yeah, actually right truly now. suffering yeah. right now for their faith. And we can kind of feel like guilty about it. It's not that we should feel guilty, but we should feel grateful for those brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and that should inspire us yeah. to. I'm not saying look to suffer, but embrace any of the suffering that Jesus has called us to, whether it's facing rejection from our neighbors for sharing our faith or, you know, um, spreading the hope of Jesus in family conversations that we suffer. We suffer in little ways, but we should still look to suffer. In those yeah. Ways. Let's give some thought today. Maybe even when this you know podcast is about ready to shut off instead of turning the next podcast on or listening to the radio or whatever. And so let's just give some time and thought about the people that God has given to us as examples who have really gone through it. And in that way, the gospel has grown. Right. We can be grateful for it. Right. All right. Well, make it a good Tuesday today. God we'll bless. See you tomorrow.